안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning. My dear brothers and sisters and clergy and members of office, 안녕하십니까? Today I'd like to talk about why we should witness from True Mother's memoir, uh, I know, not memoir, anthology, uh, book one. So let's study. Heavenly honey, please. Why we should witness. You are all blessed families. You became blessed families because of true parents. Now you do not share any blood relationship with the people in the satanic world. They may be your brothers and sisters, but they are of a different lineage. If you are going to embrace all 7 billion people of this world, you need to tell them what you know. You should show them what kind of person you are and tell them you became what you are because of true parents and encourage them to join you. This is what true parents meant by starting a true love movement. If you can help a person to begin a new life, that in itself is a success. You are giving hope to them. The true parents of humankind are the king of kings. They should be people who can attend the king. The king of kings cannot be the king of just one nation, Korea. God endured hardships and troubles for 6,000 years to give this special bond and gift to us today. If you think and live the same way today as you did yesterday, you will not be able to fulfill your responsibility. You will end up hanging your head in shame before your descendants. When you go to the other world, how many people will you find who will say, it's good to see you. I am able to lead life here in heaven because of what you did for me during that time. Thank you. You have been studying God's word for a long time and profess to know the divine principle. However, you have not practiced it. After you close the book, you go off and do your own personal things. You must be public-minded in your daily life. In other words, our heavenly parent and true parents must always come first. Yes. God's providence of restoration is ultimately the providence of changing lineage from God's lineage to uh, you know, Satan's lineage. You know, from Satan's lineage to God's lineage. People in the world of the Satan have no blood relationship with the true parents. They may be your brothers and sisters, but they are of different blood lineage. For secular world to become one with us, there is only one way. It is to know true parents and changing their blood lineage through the blessings. Therefore, our mission is to connect the blessing to the people around us. If we are selected as a chosen people and to not multiply blessings, we, we are cursed by spirit war as evil and lazy servants like a story about three servants in the Bible. The master cursed the unprofitable servant saying, you are lazy and good for nothing. My dear brothers and sisters, the more blessings are given to others, 
the greater blessing come back to my, my family. So the mother said, if you can help a person to begin a new life, that in, then that in itself is a success. You are giving hope to them. Our mission begins with saving one life. It is the heart of God and the heart of the parents to have a heart that rejoices more when one life is restored than when a nation is restored or when the whole world is restored. Through hard work and then going through the hardships for 6,000 years, heaven has given us these special bonds and benefits. So God has specially chosen us from the, among the descendants of the ancestor with a, a lot of merit for the salvation of all mankind. Therefore, we are the chosen people. However, the chosen people have responsibilities and missions. Through mother said, when you go to the spiritual world, how many people will find who will say, it's good to see you. I am able to lead life here in heaven because of what you did for me during that time. Thank you. We were all born to leave behind the benefit of love. Through mother continues, you must be public minded in your daily life. In other words, our heavenly parents and true parents must always come first. This word means that God and true parents must be our top priorities. When I relate to some second generation, Dr. Young, do you know how much busy I am? I need to take care of the few children. I need to have a job. I need to survive. I need to work here and there. I no time to go to the no, no, no time to attend Sunday service. I no time to attend even morning devotion. You know, my job is really crazy. I am almost almost really crazy. And I talk to I talk to them. Hey, boys and girls. Which one is your top priority? You know, which one? If you do not put God as a top priority, you will put the, you know, your own life as the top priority. It's very important. Which one is the top priority? Our life would need to be decided, centering on top priority. If you put your own self, your own life first, rather than God, then your life is really upside down and having so much problems. But we need to follow heavenly order. Just now, true mother saying that. And heavenly parents and true parents must always come first. That is top priority. If we just put a uh, you know, top priority, what to eat, what to wear, what to drink, then your life already becomes very confused. Then everything becomes disordered. So many blessed family put their finances and circumstances above, above God's will. So they lose faith, finally lose their families, and they lose their children. As blessed families, we must really reflect on this. Everybody busy. Everybody needs to survive, I know. But which one is a top priority? You know, that is the most important thing. When you go to the spiritual world and then you realize that, which one should be the top priority? 
I think your mindset and your attitude is very important. Which one is your top priority? Leaving divine principle. Uh, today is a completely uh, a new session. The incorporeal world and the corporeal world whose center is a human being. No. Uh, these are the substantial world is an actual and concrete uh, existence. The spiritual world is not just a world of the vague ideas. It is a substantial world, my brothers and sisters. We need to know that God is really, really real, even though invisible. God is really, really real, reality. God doesn't exist. It is reality. Spiritual world does not matter you believe in spiritual world or not. Does it exist or not? Does not matter. Spiritual world is really, really, really real. Really doesn't exist. You know? This is what we need to know that. This is reality. And then later on came to realize, oh, really God does exist. He's our parents. This is really real or not? I am telling you, we are resultant being. We are not causal being. That is reality. God does exist as my heavenly parents. That is really, really, really reality. You need to understand, I am the child of God. That is really reality. Not just only believe. Not just only believe. Does not matter you believe in God or not. He is my parent. I am child of God. This is the reality. Even though spiritual world is invisible world, okay, you know, incorporeal world. However, that is a reality. We need to understand this point. Okay, let's just study. The incorporeal world and the corporeal world as substantial realities. The universe was created after the pattern of a human being who is in the image of God's dual characteristics. Corresponding to the human mind and body, the universe consists of the incorporeal world and corporal world, both of which are real and substantial. The incorporeal world is so-called because we cannot perceive it through our five physical senses. The two worlds together form the cosmos. Just as we cannot discern a person's character without fathoming his mind, and we cannot understand the fundamental meaning of human life without understanding God, so we cannot completely understand the corporal world without understanding the incorporeal world. Yeah. To get to know a person, you have to know his personality centering on the person's mind. Likewise, to know the fundamental meaning of life, you should know God. Also, to know tangible world, you need to know the intangible world as well. Next. The incorporeal world is in the position of subject partner, and the corporal world is in that of object partner. The latter is like a shadow 
of the former. When we shed our physical bodies, we enter the incorporeal world as spirits and live there for eternity. Yes. Um, today, uh, I am going to cover uh, the content of the True Father speech on the incorporeal world, the spiritual world, and the corporal world, the earthly world. These are the words of True Father given on the occasion of the 50th, 50th anniversary of the founding of the HSA UWC. The title of the speech is God's Homeland and the Peace Kingdom are built on the foundation of the realm of his liberation and release. Let's study Father's work. Ladies and gentlemen, let us think for a moment about human life. We spend our first lifetime in the womb of our mother. The 10 months that we spend there as a fetus is a period of waterborne life because we are bathed in the amniotic fluid. We cannot speak or move about freely, but this does not mean that our term in the womb is not life. During this period, we clearly possess a life given to us by heaven, and it is a period for us to prepare for life on the earth, which is the next phase. The fact that we don't breathe through our nose during this period doesn't mean there is no life. The human being as a fetus in the womb cannot imagine what life will be like in the next phase on the earth. It cannot imagine a world outside its mother's womb. It cannot imagine not receiving all nourishment from its mother through the umbilical cord. Human beings, though, are created so that when the time comes, we bring our life in the womb to a close and begin life on the earth. Irrespective of our wishes, this happens in accordance with the laws of the universe. A new vast world that we could never have imagined appears before us. Our waterborne life ends and our new life on earth begins. The 10 months of life in the womb transitions into an earthly life of 100 years. Human beings then live in a wide variety of unique ways and prepare for the final phase of our existence in the spirit world, that is, the world after death. A world that is eternal and endless awaits us, but human beings living in a physical body are no more capable of imagining the spirit world than we were of imagining life on earth while we lived in the womb. Our lives of some 100 years on earth will transfer into an eternal world that transcends time and space. In the womb, we received nourishment from our mother through the umbilical cord. And during our time on earth, we received the three basic elements, the universe's water, air, and light. Yes. The wall of the womb breathes with water. The wall on earth breathes with air. And the wall in the eternal spirit wall breathes with love. Since the wall of the hell in the spiritual world is a wall that 
lacks love. It is a world full of complaints and dissatisfaction. And there is unimaginable suffering. Therefore, while living on earth, you must practice how to breathe with love with others before going to spiritual world. The spiritual world is a world in which we must complete our spiritual body while training to love all things and all people and God in the physical world. Heaven is a world of love. So there is no concept of the enmity, hatred, and envy or jealousy. Therefore, the world that cannot exist even for a moment with a fallen nature is the world of love in spiritual world because God's kingdom of heaven is the really perfect, perfect world to not allow even small percentage any kind of the in enmity and then hatred, envy, or jealousy, any kind of fallen nature. As long as you have some kind of enmity and hatred, envy, or jealousy, any fallen nature, immediately kicked out from the heaven. Because God's kingdom of heaven is the perfection. To not allow even 0.1% any kind of the evil things. That's why we need to train. Otherwise, even though Heavenly Father and the true Father purposely put in your uh, in uh, put you in the kingdom of heaven, but as long as you carry on any enmity and hatred and envy, immediately kicked out by the law of God's kingdom of heaven. What shall we do? The world through which you can pass only by loving everything is the world of heaven. The fact that I cannot love my enemies or that I do not love someone is a proof that I am still very, very arrogant. I am still have many fallen nature in me. So we need to know that God sends enemies to me to remove my fallen nature. Very important. You know, I do not love my enemy. That means you need to pay the indemnity. Surely need to pay indemnity until you can love your enemy. That's why in, in, in some sense, as enemy is really, you know, is very good for, for me to remove my fallen nature. When you remove your fallen nature, there is no enemy. No enemy. That's why, why God giving you the enemies? For you to remove your fallen nature, you need to love your enemy no matter what. Without loving, without loving heart, you cannot exist in the kingdom of heaven. That's why in some sense, is really enemy is one of the great contributors for me to remove my fallen nature. That's why we need to love our, our enemy. Without loving my enemy, I cannot, you know, no way to remove my fallen nature. That's why I think, uh, you know, our job is I need to love all people, all things. I need to love God. There is no word, you know, how to say it. I cannot love anything. I need to love everything. I need to digest everything. That is our portion of responsibility.
Next. Once we once we enter the spirit world, however, we will no longer have need of physical nourishment. We instead will breathe love as we live eternally. So human beings, without exception, live through three stages, 10 months in the wound, 100 years on earth, and in eternity in the spirit world. This is not something that we do by our own choice. It is a blessing and grace given by heaven. What could be a blessing and grace greater than this? It is entirely, okay? A blessing from God that of being called, I was born into this world. I am not born because I wanted to. Raise your hand if you were born because you wanted to be born. I also have no right to decide whether I die. There is an order in being born, but no one knows when they die. The conclusion is that if I cannot decide to be born or to die, I cannot determine the purpose of my life on my own. You cannot decide, right? You cannot decide where should I be born or not? I should die or not? You, you don't have any, any, you cannot make any decision. Therefore, you cannot determine the purpose of your life on your own, on, on, on your own. Therefore, the purpose of my life is ultimately to live according to the blueprint of the Creator who brought me to exist, existence. However, human misfortune begins with the, the thought that the life given to me is my life. So I decide everything and act according to my, my own will. However, in the end, if we, if we do, if we do not live according to the blueprint of the Creator who made me, we can never taste happiness. The tools we use have a purpose for which we use them. Any tool has a value as a tool when it is used according to the intention of the person who made it. When we live our, our lives according to the purpose of creation of God, who create us, we can find meaning and happiness in life. What we need to know clearly is that I am a resultant being, not a causal being. I am not the creator. God is a creator for me. I am the resultant being. I am not causal being. That's why I need to follow the, what the causal being's blueprint. He has a purpose why he created me. That's why I need to adjust according to his blueprint, not my own blueprint. Therefore, I have to live according to the will of the one who created me. Next. So when I say you need to know the spirit world well, it is not enough to live with a vague faith in the existence of the spirit world. On earth, we must know how to prepare for life in the spirit world where we will live eternally and then prepare ourselves thoroughly. Just as a child that develops a problem while in the womb may spend his entire life after birth in poor health, so too, if we fail to recognize heaven's will, during our short life on earth, 
and commit sin or carry out evil deeds, we will eventually pay the price in the spirit world according to the principle of cause and effect. Yes, 10 months in mother's womb is a preparation period for 100 years of the earthly world. And 100 years of the earthly world is a preparation period for living for eternal world, not just only one or two days. Eternally, you need to live in spiritual world. My goodness. You need to know that. Earthly 100 years, how much important? Earthly 100 years, you know, preparation period for eternal world, not 1,000 years, not 10,000 years, not a you know, million years. Eternal world. Eternal world will be decided according to your preparation of 100 years on earthly world. Therefore, for 100 years of the life on earth, you must thoroughly prepare yourself on earth by knowing the structure of contents of the spiritual world. There are things to prepare as an individual, things to prepare as a family, and things to prepare as a tribe. To go to heaven in spiritual world, you need to prepare the passport, visa, and ticket. What if receiving a passport is the blessing and three-day ceremony? And also the receiving a visa and is experienced the four great realms of heart and three great kingships. And the, the ticket is to complete the heavenly tribal messiah mission and register in Chanbo one. What shall you do? Do you have a passport? Do you have a visa? not permanent residence visa, the visa of the citizenship, right? Do you have a passport? Of course, we receive the blessing three days ceremony. Do you have the visa, not just permanent residence visa? Do you have a citizenship? If you have the permanent residence visa, then you need to come back again. If you do not register in Chanbo one, you will have to return to earth again. You only need only one-way ticket to go to spiritual world. Those who are not ready to go to the heaven need a return ticket. No need to have a return ticket, only one-way ticket. When we go to spiritual world, no need to come back to earthly world. Just one-way ticket, one-way ticket. You need to have a return ticket means you are unfulfilled your mission on the earth. My brothers and sisters, this is really reality. Next. If we commit sin or carry out evil deeds, we will eventually pay the price in the spirit world according to the principle of cause and effect. It means that our spirit self will have to suffer indescribable pain and indemnity in, spirit, in the spirit world. Once the physical body has been shed, it will be too late. When the physical body dies, it returns to the earth as a handful of dirt. But do you think that our life, our mind, our heart, and our hopes are also buried? It is absolutely not so. Our 100-year-long life is recorded, photographed, 
and automatically evaluated without fail in our personal computer built by God called the spirit self. Yes. The law of the spiritual world can never be, never be compromised. If you commit sin, no matter what, you need to pay indemnity. If a spirit person who has committed sin enter the spiritual world, it will have to suffer indescribable pain and indemnity. Therefore, once the physical body has been shed, it will be too late for the self. Indemnity for all sins must be cleared while you are using your body on earth. The holy wine of the unconditional forgiveness that true parents sometimes give is truly unimaginable grace. That's why you do not miss this chance. Anyone commit a sin. Otherwise, once you go to the spiritual world without having that kind of unconditional forgiveness ceremony by true parent, this is a really big problem. Father said, you die and you know what I'm talking about. True father said that when the physical body dies, it returns to the earth as a handful of dirt and by our lives, our heart, our, our heart, and our hopes are not buried. Our hundred years long life is recorded, photographed and automatically evaluated without fail in our personal computer built by God, called the spiritual self. Therefore, it is important for us to forgive sins committed in the past, but it is also important how to clear everything while we are living and live the rest of our lives as a precious as a thousand years, leaving behind a track record of love. So the father said that if the blessed family completed heavenly travel messiah mission, our original sin, hereditary sin, and collective sin, and all individual sin will all be liquidated, completely removed. Father said, you need to fulfill you have any travel message. Okay. This is why all of us during life on earth will stop and check ourselves again and again and ask our unsteady mind and heart, where are you going? The saints, sages, and spiritual masters are those who spent their entire lives wrestling with such issues. None of them, however, were able to present clear answers. It is true that their teachings have remained with us, allowing religions to be formed and sacred texts to be published, guiding the mass of people for their lives. It is also true though, that humanity still lacks even the ability to have dominion over our own mind. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. This is why we must always look, uh, look back on ourselves and ask ourselves countless times, where are you going? What are you doing? And God appears to us every moment, every second, ask my name. Hey, Dr. Young. Hey, Dr. Kim. Hey, anyone? asking my name, asking for my direction. Adam and Eve, where are you now? What are you doing now? Where are you going now? 
Therefore, we must always strive to live according to the will of God and always listen to the voice of original mind. Where, where, where I am going now? What are you doing now? What you know, my will and my job is now connect to God's will or not? Always need to hear, need to have confirmation, reflect on yourself, always need to hear the voice of your original mind. So I hope everybody needs to understand what Father is talking about. Thank you very much. And then leaving testimony, our MC going to introduce the uh, one who giving testimony. Thank you so much, Dr. Young, for your guidance today. Uh, so many things that we can learn and how real God is and how we're really his children. Uh, so thank you so much for that. And for our living testimony, we have Pastor Nadim Rahman. Uh, he's a district pastor of District 11, and he will be sharing his experience of being witnessed to at a very young age. Um, and how it really had an impact in his life. So please unmute and share with us your living testimony. Thank you so much. I hope you can hear me, Diane. Yes. All good? All right. Perfect. So thank you, Dr. Yang, President oh, Alkini. Oh, Nadim. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Yang. Long time, long time I did not see you, but today I'm very happy to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. So thank you. Dr. Yang, uh, President Alkimi, Reverend Jackson, and all of you for inviting me to share my story. Right now, my wife and I are in Albania. Uh, so it's noon. So we're visiting my wife's family. My daughter's uh, 15 month old. She's having a fun time with her grandparents. But I'm grateful that I'm able to share today with all of you my story, how I got introduced to this movement. So like Diane said, my name's Nadim and my wife Romina, and we're the district pastors for Arizona and New Mexico. And ironically enough, I was born in New Mexico and raised in Arizona. And how I joined the church actually starts pretty early. I grew up in a typical American household, a dysfunctional household. My parents were separated when I was five years old, so I went back and forth between households. It was tough growing up without a stable environment. So like so many people, I was looking for a stable family environment. So when I first was first introduced to the church, it was by a classmate of mine at first grade in his birthday party. And he is a second generation and his parents, Staffan and Jane Berg really took care of me. I used to sleep over a lot on Saturday night. And what did we do the next morning? We would go to church, right, on Sunday morning. And I participated in Sunday school and I grew with more friendships with other second generation. And when I got older, I went to workshops as well. And I was really drawn to blessed families in Arizona and all over the world and wanted the same thing for myself, even though they weren't perfect or anything like that, but they were together and they shared a common ideal. In workshops, I learned that it's not finding the right person, but being the right person and sexual purity before marriage which was my guiding point in high school. However, my relationship with my parents became more and more toxic. And after I graduated high school, I left home and went to the Berg family, the only place I felt safe at that moment. After that, I lived in a college dorm and attended church on most Sundays. And during college, a lot of blessed families took care of me. We ate dinner together and discussed a lot about life and divine principle. 
And many of my families supported, many of the families supported and guided me on my faith journey. And furthermore, my elder second generation brothers and sisters helped me discover the love of true parents. And some of the families created study groups like Unification Thought or just simple movie nights so we can learn together more about principle. <clears throat> Eventually, I became the car president on my campus and the youth pastor for Arizona. It wasn't easy all the time, but because I had to serve, that really solidified my faith in God and true parents. And after I graduated college, I was blessed to my wife, Romina, who is from Albania. And because of her, my relationship with my parents is much better. So I think the three most important factors that helped me commit to the unification movement is one, a happy community of blessed families. When families are together, united with God and true parents and to each other, people will be automatically attracted. So many people come with a thriving community. Also, it takes a village to raise children, even spiritual children. I'm grateful for all the families for giving me words of wisdom and guidance. When we watch morning devotion every day, and read one hour divine principle lecture, then the right words will come, right? And secondly, participating in workshops and different events allowed me to discover my faith. And being so young and impressionable by going to workshops helped guide me as in my teenage years. And lastly, what helped me fortify my faith was allowing me to contribute and serve in the community. And in conclusion, I, I don't think the Berg family or anybody, any of the families in Arizona thought at six years old, I would be the pastor of the, uh, of the district at such a young age, but they just gave me unconditional love and just, they planted the seed, they became a good environment without any, any expectation, and naturally I was attracted to the families and have a heart to serve. I think once we have that built-in community, we can witness so many people. And with that, I hope you can get something out of my story and thank you for allowing me to share. And I just wanted to share one photo of my family. Um, we, a few days ago, we were in Germany just visiting my wife's brother. And so, yeah, that's with that, thank you so much. Oh, I couldn't see about your yeah. your photo. Yeah, we can't see a picture. Mm. I think it's just very slow to screen share. Yeah. Oh, okay, I think that, okay. that we should be fine. Thank you, Nadim, uh, for your really beautiful story and report. And you're doing very well. Great job. Yeah, someone just now asked the that a spiritual war. Sometimes we say that you know, according to divine principle, spiritual war is a subject, and also the war is an object. Sometimes we say physical war is very important. Physical war is a subject, and spiritual war is object. But according to a uh, true fathers, was spiritual war is a subject, also the world object, because fundamentally and uh, finally. We live in spiritual world. Our final goal is to go to spiritual world and settle down in spiritual world. Sometimes why we are emphasizing physical world is a subject because we need to realize and achieve, you know, God's substantial channel group. We are, when we emphasize, you know, to establish God's channel group, you know, to fulfill my own portion of responsibility, centering on others. At that time, we are emphasizing physical world is important, but Physical world is not the subject. 
But anyway, we need to we need to fulfill our portion of responsibility. We need to realize the on the earth. Otherwise, we cannot uh, no meaning to go to spiritual world. In that sense, when we emphasize physical world and it looks like a subject, but our 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 true parents guidance very clear. Spiritual world is a subject and physical world is an object. We need to understand this point. Thank you very much.